what up what up what up podcast listeners and we are back with another amazing episode of yep you guessed it the matt baxter show i'm hanging out with Corey berkey the hr tech advocate and senior vice president of human resources of jazz hr job Vite, next thing rpo i got to know Corey uh when he was when when jazz was just jazz and obviously this amazing merger happened which is just absolutely phenomenal and he's just such a cool dude Corey just brings such a wealth of knowledge, number one, to the HR space, number one, to the HR tech space. So he brings a unique blend that Jazz HR, Jobvite, next thing, all play in the HR tech world, all play in the HR world. And so it's an interesting thing that he's an HR person of somebody that sells HR technology, which is just such a fascinating role, somebody who knows so much about the space, somebody so knowledgeable, and, and a guy who I think is really leading the charge of how to build amazing organizations, scaling organizations, and is just Honestly, just an even better man, too. So, Corey, I just want to give you a lot of love to say thank you for being a guest on this episode. This was fantastic, and I hope everybody enjoyed the show just as much as I did. Corey, thanks for being a guest on this podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm excited. Please tell me your background is hanging out in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it, it, this, this is the background uh, of the beautiful West End Bridge in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, it is uh, the view I've got from the Jazz HR office in Pittsburgh, though we're not reopened and uh, not 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 getting closer to reopening as it stands right now, looking like maybe October we try again. But uh, <laughs> here to actually meet some new hires that are picking up their equipment in person. And uh, I love the opportunity to do it when it presents itself. So that's it's an amazing thing when we go back to face to face. It's like, holy yeah. crap, I forget how to shake a hand or fist bump or whatever. I mean, yeah. the, the best part about like it's it's the the kind of the interesting things that have evolved from COVID is just like, what do you do with your hands? Like, so you obviously you do the weird, like, is this person fine to shake hands, fist bump? And then you kind of half shake fingers because you didn't really know. And, it, and then and you're all just like, let's just start over. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's good stuff. So Corey, obviously we've spent some, we've spent some fun time together, whether it was in, uh, I, I don't know if we ever actually connected when we were in Boston, we for sure did when we were in Pittsburgh, but um, I'd love to get the background, have the audience hear a little bit more about your story. It's, there's a lot of fun stuff we're going to dive into, but I'd love for people just to kind of get your background, your story and all this. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll give you the brief tour here of, uh, of sort of what's gone on sort of near, near recent history. And then kind of before that, uh, and I guess we'll start in the beginning. Um, and so, uh, I have been in the HR field now for uh, a little over 10 years. Um, and it's, it's just always been a part of the business that I've found myself enjoying most because it gives you, I feel like the most exposure to all parts of the business um, and lets you really have a big impact, right? Like businesses are only as successful as the people working there, in my opinion. And so, um, you know, to be in the, the, the seat responsible for building a successful team across the, across the entire organization is, is something I, I see a lot of value in. Um, I, my career's been spent um, sort of across a number of different industries, including, dare I say, a little bit of consulting. Um, and, and for as interesting as that time was, it, it led me to the opportunity to join the Resumator, which ultimately evolved into Jazz HR. Um, and uh, I've been working with the group at Jazz HR for about uh, just over six years now. July was uh, my six-year anniversary of, of joining the team here. So, um, you know, really excited for the the new future ahead of us as Jazz HR and and combined with our our new, um, you know, new combined sort of sister companies and and uh, got a really bright future uh, in the tech space. I hope here. I love it. So um, you a decade, right? In HR is that what you said? Ten years. Yeah. 
So did what? What is your definition of HR? Well, well let me let me back up. Uh, ten years ago, Corey. Ten years ago, what was your definition of HR at the time? What did that mean to you? Um, to me, it meant it was basically defined as like the employee relations aspect, right? Like it was how do we how do we coach and mentor? How do we build the right team? And how do we course correct when we've we've misstepped in that in that arena right like that was the bulk of it to me and i viewed everything as sort of peripheral to that like i know you know everybody says the pillars of hr and you've got benefits and compensation and all of the other fun stuff that come with the hr realm but you know the the thing that stood out to me was um employee relations was really at the center of it because everything seemed to sort of tie back to that so 10 years ago i would say that that's probably um the outlook i had on it how do you think that's evolved and were, were there pivotal moments that changed your definition or do you think it stayed pretty similar? Um, I would definitely say it's, it's evolved. Um, and, and I still think employee relations are at the center of it, right? Like I kind of hate the term because I'm starting to feel like it's a little archaic, right? Employee relations, like engagement management, um, you know, let me spin the HR wheel of, of buzzwords here and come up with the right combination to describe it. But, you know, it still is people at the center of everything we're doing, right? Like it's still a very people centric um, part of the business. Yet it has to be by definition. But I think what's evolved for me over the course of the last 10 years is, is probably two things. Um, I, I spent a lot of time trying to sort of broaden the, the lens through which I look at the business, right? And, and I see a lot of value in the teams at, at our, our companies have, have heard me say it now a few times. Um, it is important that we fundamentally understand our business, no matter what you do. Um, and I think that HR can have a big role in helping people understand the fundamentals of the business, right? That's how you get to learn how your role is strategically important to your business, whether you are on the front lines with customers or in the C-suite, that's important. Um, the other piece of this that changed, and, and I can pinpoint where it happened, it was probably about 2014. So it was in the, in the front nine uh, of that decade in HR. And it was uh, a moment where I realized that HR has been left in the dust whenever it comes to HR technology. Now that was 2014 or so, Corey talking, right? Like obviously there have been tremendous advancements whenever it comes to HR tech. Um, but I, I really just saw this void where, you know, Sales needs a solution, right? They need a technology to help them do their job. They've got it. Then next up is marketing. Okay, marketing needs a solution. They've got it. Then QuickBooks and finance has it. And at the end of the day, I feel like HR was, was one of the areas that has benefited most from technology and efficiency gains, but it didn't really get good until about then. That's whenever I started to notice, I think, a, a much more user-friendly shift. There were solutions, but I don't know that I'd necessarily... Not enjoyable. Yeah. Bingo. Like jazz exactly. HR, of course, obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. So, so, well, this is actually a funny point on that. <laughs> I feel like you probably could be, and this is not like sales team at jazz HR is phenomenal. I feel like you probably could be the best salesperson at jazz HR because you are the target user that typically your sales team's going after. So you walk in the door being like, we use it. We like it. This is why. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I got to imagine you can close a few deals if you like. You know, I, I've often been asked to throw on a headset, but uh, it's they've never actually taken me up on it. And in my mind, it's because they know I'd give them a run for their money. But oh, yeah. Reality, Dan Bresson yeah. would pound the, pound the pavement with you. He would. He would. But in, in reality, it's probably because I think I'd, I'd freeze given the given the like decision moment. I don't know. Uh, but I can definitely show you the value of it. It is it's a tool that I've used every day in my life for the last 
actually more than six years. I used it before I joined the team here. So oh, that's, uh, that's an even better endorsement. I love yeah. that. Thank so you. what, 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 what is, and, and, and you can take this question with the lens of the last decade or the last five years, or the last two years, but knowing your role and knowing all of the kind of HR departments through your guys' product that you interact with, do you think the talent acquisition as a term in a department should fall under HR? Or do you think there's separate functions, number one, separate functions completely? How do you think that, that relationship of what the world would define talent acquisition and HR, how do you think they should live together? Um, I think they've, uh, I think they have to, right? Like I, it might be the unpopular opinion. You might've just lost an audience member or two and they'll catch you next time around. But you know, at the end of the they day, they don't like the color of my shirt. They don't like my hair. <laughs> I get questions in the beard. So don't, don't, you can't sweat that. <laughs> you know, I think at the end of the day, they, they've got to be in lockstep, right? Because, you know, you look at now, um, you look at now sort of the broader HR organization that, that serves the three businesses together between Jazz HR, Jobbyte, and Next Thing. And it's like, we've got to know hand in hand what each department is doing. And so if you treat them separately, I, I worry about the disconnect that happens. But, um, you know, it, it, it also ties back to that fundamental belief that you've got to understand the business holistically. It's not just understanding HR. It's not just understanding TA. It, it's understanding holistically what we're looking at. And I think particularly for talent acquisition, it's critical, right? Because you've got to sell the business. That, that recruiting and sales and marketing, they're all different wrappers around the same set of processes in a lot of way with different technicalities. Um, and, and so, you know, you look at what talent acquisition is doing, it's responsible for building a team, right? They're, they're the ones bringing talent through the door. Well, having that alignment from HR on what that message looks like, what does, what does the right talent bring to the table? Um, you know, that, that's an important message to get. And, and having that aligned across both of those functions of HR, I think is far too critical. And, and so to me, they have to be very together. This is, this is probably far too generalized of a question, but for when you joined, uh, when you joined Resumator and then obviously the evolution of you guys went from, you know, just hyper, hyper, hyper growth mode. When you have a candidate walking in the door and the thesis of what you want to hire for Jazz HR, has that evolved from, you know, kind of early stages of Resumator to the scale that you guys are at now? Has the thesis remained the same? Has the, like, generally speaking, the type of person that you guys want with your team? How, how have you, number one, I, well, I guess to add to that also, how did you define that early on and how has it changed or evolved if it has? Um, it's absolutely evolved. Um, and, and it evolved within the era of just Jazz HR on its own too, right? Like I, I view the time at Jazz HR, whenever it was a standalone organization prior to the merger, I view it as like um, two to three different companies in reality, because the the evolution of the organization created these milestone sort of transformations for the company. But I, I would say in the early days, we were we were going through so much so quickly and trying to find our North Star from basically the day I walked in the door um, until really 2017 when we got the engine kind of humming. Um, you know, it it struck me as we had started out originally with sort of decentralized recruiting and hiring managers were waging war on the talent market on their own to, you know, I came in in July of 15 and we centralized recruiting and that that changed the game quite a bit. 
And then we found that we were not very articulate in how we're, we were creating that ideal candidate profile. So we got better about that. Um, and then we we kind of sort of honed the craft a little bit for uh, for a few years while we were getting everything sorted out. And we we were constantly iterating each time we opened a role, even if we had just closed it on a different candidate and we were backfilling for turnover, we were revising what we were looking for and trying to get a little bit sharper of a knife on on how we were taking that profile apart and, and looking at the individual components. And then, you know, really around 2018, um, there was another big transformation and it really, you know, we, we had kind of always subconsciously, I think, been looking for attitude and aptitude, but it wasn't at the forefront of what we were doing. Um, and so we spent a lot of time in 2018 shining a bright spotlight on attitude and aptitude um, as, as criteria to move forward with a candidate because we wanted people who were, were, you know, highly motivated and all of those things. But what does that really mean, right? Like that means you're getting excited by seeing the business grow. It's not just a job to you. Like we want people to invest and that's not always easy to come up with. Um, coupled together with, frankly, you know, we went through an era where we saw some high sales turnover and it was a challenge. And, and Pete and I, Pete's our CEO, and, and he'll tell you the same thing. We have the absolute best sales team that we have had in our entire time together on the team right now. Um, but we went through a couple of iterations to try and ultimately get to that right setup. And one of the things that surfaced was we wanted to hire people that were good people. Like we wanted to bring people in who, who really, you know, it's not just about being a good salesperson. That's right. important, but you've got to be a good person. We want you to, to be able to really shine through and, and be a part of the organization as we keep growing. And that yeah. was kind of V2 or three or so. Um, <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six. It happened. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's fantastic. Um, how do you, like, obviously you guys have seen growth, like, I mean, next to none in, 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 in the last, you know, obviously five, six years, but specifically from at least our angle, it seems like really, really, really picked up even the last two or three years, which has been phenomenal. What do you guys, what do you think, um, both from being in the business, but also being an HR individual who sees other companies growing as well, what do you guys think Jazz HR, or what do you, excuse me, what do you think Jazz HR did really, really, really well? And then obviously leads up to what you guys are stepping into with the merger as well too. What do you guys think you did right? Um, if I, if I was to make a short list, I would say we said we operated with transparency and we did it. Um, and and it, it wasn't just a word that we threw around. Um, I, I kind of tried to, um, uh, I guess, under the radar, take the word candid out of our culture, because I think that people too often confuse candidness with cancerous and, and it creates challenges within the business. So we went with a much more sort of humbling, honest uh, uh, as the approach forward. Um, and that allowed us to be really transparent. It allowed us to not be jerks doing it. Um, and it gave us that opportunity to lay it all out there for the team and see it. You know, we, we didn't hide behind excuses. We owned, uh, we owned success as much as we owned failure. And we, we figured out together how we got over failure because it's not just sales that failed or, or HR that failed or finance that failed. If there was a failure, we all failed. And, and we figured out how we go forward from there and, and lift each other up through that. Um, and the second thing sort of related to that, the, the tail end of the, the honesty point is I think we created tremendous alignment. Um, you know, by being able to share numbers and metrics openly, by being able to rally around the success of the business, 
it created this environment where people saw that their work mattered. People, people could see the impact of their efforts. You know, our, our support team is, is, has got to be one of the hardest working support teams out there. And, uh, you know, they, they, they understand how what they're doing leaves a positive impact on this business. And, and at every other level, we've got that same sort of setup. And, and it does come through um, sort of teaching openly how the different parts of the business work together, what they mean. And even, you know, everybody's worked somewhere. Every, everybody who's got a numbers and metric oriented mindset has worked somewhere where they've had somebody on the team say, I can't influence sales. I can't influence the customer retention numbers. And it, it's crap. You can. There's a way. Everybody, every role in an organization has a way of influencing those outcomes. And uh, it's up to us, I think. It, I think it's up to us as a workforce to own that opportunity. I think it's us up to us as an HR profession to help people create those connections and, and see those, those opportunities shine through. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I, I, I mean, quite frankly, kind of being early, early, early on founder and also walking in your, your guys' door really early stage, um, I, I respect like crazy. I think I heard you, Chuck, Allie, Pete, everybody say the same thing of like, we also are very comfortable with admitting what we're not. So one of the things that I liked is you guys were all hyper-focused of this is who we serve, this is the market, this is who we helped. And that was something that like I learned a lot from you guys on is because I was looking at saying we could sell to everybody to everything, right? And then all of a sudden you see an organization that's turning, like growing like crazy. And, you know, it's because of how focused you guys were. So that's something that I I, I took a lot of notes mentally, but and and, and it just, it, it, it was cool. So I, I have a huge amount of respect for the way you guys handled that. Yeah, you know, it was... Uh... It was something important early on. We had to we had to really dial and you know all the credit in the world to Alec Kelly and, and her team over the years, right? Like we got really dialed in on who our customer was and who they weren't, and it was equally important that we recognized both. And um, you know, her team did a and still does obviously a, a fantastic job of uh, of targeting those customers, bubbling them up, and then getting them ready for the sales team to swoop in and bring them home. So it was great. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so obviously a uh, bit of a, you know, crazy, insane, awesome transition, right? So uh, uh, congratulations on a very, 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 what, you know, successful merger with some great organizations and brands too. So walk me through, obviously, whatever you're comfortable sharing, walk me through a little bit of how that's, that's evolved, what that means, you know, as a change for what Jazz HR was to now the machine that it is and, and the cool stuff involved. And then also for, for your role too. Yeah, no. Uh, so in uh, in April of of 2021, uh, we completed uh, a, a successful merger with uh, Jobvite and Next Thing RPO, and uh, you know it, it creates a really unique kind of alignment across all market segments and uh, and provides software and services to business across the board. Right, like it's it's a pretty unique uh, a pretty unique angle and. And the interesting, you know, sort of as the dust has settled and, and we, we operate three separate brands, but we're, we're slowly weaving together some, some cohesive narrative across the organizations. And, and we've got um, sort of a, a newly launched organizational structure that's going to centralize sort of a shared services component. Um, and within shared services, uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very lucky and, and very, very excited to move forward with um, helping impact HR across uh, all three brands. 
um, and centralizing that function. Uh, and then we've got a few other um, components like finance, IT, et cetera, that are, that are also being centralized. So um, we're really excited with the value and, and kind of the power that that brings to the organization. Um, it's been a lot of learning. Uh, the Jobvite team has probably heard me ask uh, a few questions multiple times, but I'm, I'm trying to get it all to sink in and, and learn as quickly as I can. Um, and it's just exciting. Great job if you only ask them a few times, right? Yeah. I asked the same question 37,000 times, so yeah. kudos to you. Well, I, I, I'm trying to take good notes too. I, I keep I keep like, I hope they don't think I'm like on Slack on my other screen here. Like I really am taking notes in every yeah. discussion I'm a part of. I've, but, um, I've also started doing that too. When you're on a Zoom call and you see somebody look away, I usually just be like, hey, just so you know, I am taking notes. I'm not, you know... <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's important. Anything like that? <laughs> it's important. But um, you know, the team there is is super, super talented. And um, you know, I, I'm excited to learn from them and with them as we grow. And um, you know, it's it's also a nice kind of segue for the HR team at Jazz HR too, right? Like combining forces with a, a much larger company gives us a lot more sort of uh, resources to impact the daily life of our team across the board. And, and we're excited for that opportunity. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great time. It's a great time to be in the, uh, uh, applicant tracking HR kind of candidate acquisition space across the board because of the, the dynamic we're seeing in the market. It's up to us to help make sure we're growing the teams the right way. But, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a very exciting, uh, journey before us, I feel. No, I 100% agree. And it's been fun to watch from a distance and it's it's exciting stuff. What, how has it shifted? And obviously congrats, you know, congrats on the role and congrats on everything involved in that. It's it's insane. And it's, uh, how, how has that, how has your mentality shifted from what I think uh, kind of was an HR team of one, right? A little bit, or at least started. Mm -hmm. And then obviously now, now, now it's changing. There's resources, there's bandwidth. How has your mentality shifted, changed, Will it, do you think, I mean, what, what kind of walk me through where, where, you, where you're thinking about things? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure that it will continue to evolve. You know, it was, uh, you know, in the early days of actually, I think from 2015 to probably, well, until 2019, it was truly an HR team of one here. And then, um, you know, adding in some contractor help here and there as needed. Um, and, and it was, it was an interesting sort of evolution in, in my thinking, I think, and, and I, I've got some thoughts on where I'm probably headed from a, a perspective, um, uh, kind of angle, but it's, you know, the first big step was going from an HR team of one to an HR team of two. And I, I remember in the executive team meeting sort of saying, Hey, this is where I think I need to head and, and what, what we've got to do to get there. And everybody was just kind of beside themselves astonished because I didn't say I wanted a recruiter. Um, and really what I wanted was a Swiss army knife, right? Like I wanted somebody who was really strong and, and who could help with the tactical piece of HR, a lot of sort of what today is known as people ops, HR ops, right? Um, but they were going to be recruiting too. I needed them to be able to take that bandwidth on um, and, and get through that. I mean, I, in, in from 2015 to 2019, I'd done over a thousand interviews for Jazz HR. And that like, that's, that's a lot. Right. And like, I kept thinking of imagine that the investment in the rest of the, the HR organization I could make if I could offload even a portion of this. So, yeah. so we moved forward and, and brought somebody in, in 2019, um, home run, absolutely, you know, thrilled with how things turned out, still a part of the team today, doing a fantastic job. 
Um, and then it was kind of the two of us getting after it for uh, about a year and some change. And we brought in our first TA person in 2021. Um, also elated, you know, just super, super high performer, um, you know, 19 hires completed by a single person in a quarter uh, this year. And, and in their first full quarter on the team to do 19 hires is phenomenal. Um, so, you know, we built a really strong team, but what's changing is, you know, whenever it was three of us or three and a half, four, depending on if we had outside help at the time, I still had to be super, super involved in like minutia. And the thing that I'm seeing right now is, um, you know, the job bike team is, is also very strong and, and they're, they're very talented at what they do. Um, and they, they don't need me in that minutia. And it's like, I I'm trying to learn, but also make sure that I'm not sticking my head in too far to like, I don't want to be in the way. Right. Yeah. How do you not swoop in be like, what's going on? Let's change everything and then swoop out when it's yeah. obviously a well-oiled machine. It seems like, yeah. 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 And that's it. And that's, you know, I don't really want to, I'm sure that there will be changes, right? Any leader who comes in and says no changes is, is either naive uh, or something <laughs> bingo right or, or they're lying you know yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. always going to be change um but i don't want to just blindly come in and start flipping the table over and say okay here's what we're going to do now right like we've got a, a well-oiled machine here running we've got smart people doing it let them do it and instead of you know kind of figuring out what the process should be i get to have much more fun conversations about how do we optimize this process how do we enhance the way that we get feedback from the team how do we look holistically at data and number and numbers and metrics to to support our business case in what we're doing as hr and it, and it gets to be that higher level discussion that i i've like longed for for <laughs> so long but not been able to ultimately get um a really deep and intimate focus on. And now I get the opportunity to do that. And, and that's, that's also very exciting. And I, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is I just want to make sure that my learning doesn't slow them down while I'm trying to, you know, adjust again to, you know, I, I've, I've been a part of a much larger team before in HR. Um, it's just been a while. Right. So I've got to, I've got to shift my thinking back to a little bit more of the how we used to do it approach, which I hate, but it's like, how do we take how we used to do it and adapt that to 2021 and, and be modern and sophisticated and thoughtful in how we go forward? So take uh, take Corey uh, as if, if you were if you kind of bird's eye view and you got to set the tone of the influence or the impact that you had both obviously in the current company and just your influence on people in general, thousand interviews, you get to meet a lot of people. What, mm -hmm. if you got to choose kind of what your impact was, what would you want it to be? Um, I think it would, I, I think there's kind of two ways that I look at this. It, it's holistically um, across the organization at a high level. I want, I want people to look back and say, Hey, you know what? I, I worked at insert company name here and I had a really great experience and, and it's not necessarily, it's never going to be because of me. It's going to be because of the team, right? Like we're, we're all in it together. Um, but it's, uh, I want them to look back and think like, I, I've never had allies in HR, like I had at whatever company I've never had the sense of appreciation. Um, like I've, like I had at insert company name, right? Like I want them to feel full of pride and satisfaction for their contributions to the organization. And, you know, just like with good customers, sometimes, you know, you outgrow the solution you're on, right? Like sometimes people outgrow their career opportunity and we, we always want to have that next step for them. We always want to have that next opportunity. 
Um, but when we don't, I, I want them to look back fondly on that time. Um, and then I guess one layer deeper, uh, you know, beyond just like the, the overarching team, I, I want to, I want to make sure I'm doing my part that, uh, so, so that HR is truly viewed as, as an integral partnership within the business. Um, you know, it's, I, I hear, uh, all too often when you're talking with the HR community, like, oh yeah, no, we had to do this for sales and we had to do this for marketing and we had to, do, and it's like, what are they doing for HR? What are they doing to retain HR? What are they doing to show HR appreciation, right? Like we can't, we can't um, let ourselves go by the wayside. And, and I want to prove to people that there is a, an absolute intrinsic value in what HR brings to the business. And, and I, I don't want to just say it with words. I want to show it with actions and results. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it's one of the reasons why I enjoy chatting with you so much is because not only do you have such a wide, you know, breadth of knowledge when it comes to HR, but you also, you know, deeply think as if growing the business as well, too. And it's not those things are together. It's not one or the other. It's how do we do those things together, which which I think is phenomenal and something that I, I've, I've enjoyed learning from you. Um, you can't be on this podcast without me asking my favorite question is what gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> I love whenever you ask that question. It's funny whenever uh, I, I I was not uh, I was not blowing smoke whenever you messaged me about trying to get the uh, the the meeting set up this morning. I was actually on a plane listening to a <laughs> podcast of yours at the time, right? Like I was flying back from a board meeting in Indianapolis, and and I was catching catching up on uh, on the Matt Baxter show. So I uh, I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I would have told you, but I had my first like celebrity moment like I just was <laughs> cracking up so i was in a, i was in a car in atlanta so my sister lives just outside of atlanta and it's like an hour uber ride or whatever and so uh, i'm 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 it, this guy picks me up great guy we're kind of shooting the breeze just chatting a little bit and he goes you know are you a radio talk show host and i was like uh, i'm not sure i was like i've got a podcast and he's like what's your podcast called he's like uh, I was like, well, it's my name. It's Matt Baxter. She goes, dude, I've literally listened to your last three episodes. And I was like, yeah, I was like, somebody had to pay you. There's no, no way that's accurate, but it was a fun one. So thank you for listening. Awesome. I, I appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So, so what gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, get ready for the, the cliche HR guy answer, but I'll, I'm going to back it up. It, it cliches is are cliches for a reason because that, usually that true. there's truth behind them. That is true. You know, it, it, it really is. It's the people that, that do it, right? Like it's the opportunity to have that impact on somebody's, somebody's day, um, week, success, career, life, you know, there are so many different ways that we impact the daily life of, of a person working inside of an organization. We've, you know, we, we've got that opportunity before us. I, I love seeing people get engaged in what they're doing. And, you know, I, I love to see people um, be really, really passionate about what they're doing. And, and um you can't be full passion all the time, right? Like, but but for the most part, I find myself a very passionate person about what I do, right? And, and I try to replicate that, and and I see it as as often as I can. And it's it all kind of comes back to you know growing up and and seeing people. You know, my perspective of the workforce was you run into far too many people who are disappointed, disengaged. Um, not excited. And, and you, you know, you always see that statistic about like, you spend this much of your life at work and you do. Um, <laughs> but why not get that thing that gets you excited? Why not, why not find that way to be passionate? And that's, you know, that's a big part of it. And I'd say that's really what does it for me. It's, 
it's the the opportunity to help invigorate people in their career, help people find that passion and, and help people really, you know, get excited about, about what they're doing and never gets old. I love it. That's so good. Um, Corey, for people that want to follow along with what you got going on with uh, content, follow along with Jazz HR, any of it, what's the best way for people to holler at you, get a hold of it, follow along, any of it? Yeah, absolutely. Find me on LinkedIn. Um, and, and there's always something getting posted there. There's always a, a new project or, or a lot of times, um, you know, sharing content out on behalf of the different organizations. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always that, that sort of uh, opportunity to follow along there. Um, I welcome that. Uh, I welcome that in a, in a big way. I'm happy to have people along for the journey and, and interact uh, as often as I can. I like it. Anything else you want to leave the audience with? Um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll leave you with probably one of my favorite quotes. It's, uh, it, it ties back to being passionate about what you do and, and not getting ever comfortable in what you do. Um, there's a, a silly book out there that's good for new managers to read. It's called, you can't send a duck to Eagle school. And, um, my favorite quote from that book, though, I'm sure it's not actually originating in the book is, uh, you can never discover new oceans if you're afraid to lose sight of the shore. And so, you know, it's something that I lean on a lot in my own sort of professional journey. And it's, it is a quote that I will rattle off to people who are obviously, you know, having a hard time and, and struggling and they're in a comfort zone, but they're miserable. And, um, you know, it's, it's something I, I often lean on to encourage people to take a challenge, take a risk and, and go find that next great thing that makes you excited. So that's where I'll leave you. I love it. That's what I needed on this Friday morning. So thank there you. you. <laughs> well, Corey, thanks a ton for being a guest. This is awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matt. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Map Actor Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to su subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themapbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Map Action Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.